If you're excited about the Pelicans' upcoming season, yeah, sure, there's Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram to talk about, but Trey Murphy and Herb Jones both being named to the USA Basketball Men's Select Team might be a bigger reason. I'll explain in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, still coming to you from on the road, but that's how devoted we are here at Locked On Pelicans. Every single day, Monday through Friday, your team every day. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday, though we will be dropping down to three days a week for the next month or so starting next week. I got some fun show topics for you that you're going to be able to get involved on as well. So I am excited. But today I'm also excited because of the news that both Herb Jones and Trey Murphy III have joined the USA Basketball Men's Select Team. I think this is a sign of really great things. And I want to look at that in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. So it was announced that they were both named to the 2023, I'll read off the press release here, USA Basketball Men's Select Team. And the select team features a roster of 11 current NBA players, along with three veteran players with NBA, NBA G League experience, international experience, and Team USA experience. Former Pelican Langston Galloway is also on there. So the select team will train August 3rd through 6th with the USA men's basketball team during their training camp in Las Vegas. And Herb Jones and Trey Murphy III are amongst that group. This is, I actually think, a kind of big deal, to be perfectly honest with y'all. You know, they're not going to be on the actual squad that goes to try and win gold, but this is a very good group of players to be named with. Some of the other players on this team are Cade Cunningham, you know, injury last season, but thought of one is one of the young up and coming guards. You have Jalen Duran, the, the best young center in the league. Maybe there's Jalen Green, Quentin Grimes, Chet Holmgren. You also have Keegan Murray of the Kings, Nas Reed of the Timberwolves, Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. These are all young players that people feel have a bright future in the NBA. And now two Pelicans players are amongst that group. So people put Herb Jones, Trey Murphy III on the same level as some of these other players here. That's an incredible thing. That means they could be in store for big seasons or people think their overall ceilings as players are really high. And that's exactly what you want to hear if you're a Pelicans fan. We know they're dealing with salary cap stuff. In yesterday's show, if you're an everydayer, I talked about how, you know, if they want to contend without paying the tax, you need young talent waiting in the wings. Okay, well, here's two young players, two young talented players waiting in the wings in case you have to let someone go and dump them in the future. So this kind of validates what the Pelicans have been building, what they're doing. It does speak to a degree about a good job that the front office has done, even if the front office isn't perfect. You got these two draft picks, correct. 
And that goes a long way for what you need. And you don't get put on here unless they think you're going to be even better in the future. You know, I think when we look at a guy like Trey Murphy III, we'll do a show on should he start, should he not, will he close games, will he not, all of that. You know, but he views himself as a starter, according to David Griffin from the Pelicans broadcast of the Summer League Games. We think he's in store for a breakout year and could be in the running for most improved player. There'll be a show purely on that, too. You know, Herb Jones just got paid. Herb Jones has been a great defender in the league. And now with a new offense, I think he can become even more effective offensively and not at times hurt the Pelicans in that area, which has unfortunately happened. You know, and to go against some of these other players, to scrimmage against the Team USA squad, you know, it's the idea of iron sharpens iron. That's only going to make you better, even if it's only a couple of days, right? And they're not going to be going to play all of the games and things like that. The fact that they're going to be there practicing, being pushed, you gain some experience. You learn some things from that. There's almost no downside barring an injury to them participating and being part of this team. You know, you'd like it. You know, we, we have high hopes for Brandon Ingram coming in in just incredible form from playing with Team USA, and we'll cover his games here, don't worry. And Jose Alvarado and Dyson Daniels, guys who are playing. And I think one other one might be playing too, Valanchunas maybe, but I can't remember if he backed out or not. So you have guys that are going to come in in just better basketball form. I don't want to say shape, but maybe game shape than they have in the past. For a team that needs to hit the ground running quickly to get off to a fast start this season because it's a bit of a make or break year for just this roster. I want to see them getting, you know, the, the best they can do, the most they can do this offseason. And I think Trey and Herb being named to that is going to give them a good jump on the year. And I think it means maybe they're just in store for big seasons. And if people around the league look at those guys and go, oh yeah, they're going to be good. And we've heard this stuff before. I'm I'm excited for next season. I'm excited for next season because, and this ties into the next segment, I'm a pro here. I can I can string things from one to the next. I don't think this team has just run it back. You know, I had, I've asked for your questions, what you want to hear in the offseason during Twitter, and we'll answer one in the third. A lot of people have just complained, and that's fine. I'm here for you. I'll be your therapist. I, I am not trained to actually be a therapist. Let me be very clear on that. You know, some people are saying, why run it back? I can't believe they're going to run it back. Look, y'all, they haven't run it back. They are not just running it back. You've got to go deeper than that. Let's do that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you're going to land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's free money right there. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. Every Thursday, we also do a live show at 7 p.m. I interact with the chat. We answer your questions. We have fun. Sometimes people want me to tell really old stories that I can't believe people have remembered about fights at watch parties and things like that. It's a really good time. I also drop a lot of you know, at times, probably information that I shouldn't put in there in those live chats. So if you want to ask a question in the moment, something that's burning here and answer, come join the live chat every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Live Show, not even live chat on YouTube. So subscribe there, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. We are the number one Pelicans podcast and we will be three days a week. We'll have top 10 Mondays, what if Wednesdays and then the live show Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central that count as the Friday show do that for about a month or so and then we'll start to ramp things back up to five days a week when the Pelicans hit training camp so one of the things I've seen a lot of is people frustrated the Pelicans are running it back right the the two kind of moves and it's not full-on run back you know they've lost guys like Jackson Hayes they added Jordan Hawkins in the draft you lost Josh Richardson but they added Cody Zeller you know, for the most part, it's running it back because you have the same main rotation. Zion, B.I., C.J., Valanciunas hasn't been traded. It's the same, like, major, you know, people who play significant minutes. That's still here, right? Like, Jackson Hayes, you're technically not running it back, but, like, Jackson Hayes wasn't that important. You're running it back with the key players here, the key components of this roster, but there's more to it than that because I've seen people frustrated that they're running back. Did you see last season, right? They were terrible. Yeah. And let's take the health out of this for a second here. Some people just don't think some of these players are good, whether it's Valanciunas, whether it's CJ, whether it's Zion, whether it's BI, they all get criticism. And a lot of it's valid. Some of it, eh, maybe not. But there's more to it than just the players coming back. And, you know, people wanted Damian Lillard added or someone else added. And, you know, maybe that wasn't going to be realistic. But they've done more to try and overhaul this squad. And you've got to think of what could that do for the team. And let's start with the big one, which is James Borrego. He's brought in to revamp the offense. The Pelicans' half-court offense was bad last year. It was not good. They struggled in the half-court. But if you add a new offense in, does that unlock it? Does it make it better? And I think it very well could. So if their half-court offense gets significantly better just by better design, and look, that's not hard to do given what it was this past season, well, what is that capable of doing to the team? The Pelicans were 20th in half-court offense this, this past season, according to cleaningtheglass.com. If that jumps to the top 10 where it should be with the talent they have on the roster, this team can win more games with the same players. And so I think that has a potential to be a very, very big deal. And that's why guys like Jordan Hawkins, who fit that offense perfectly coming in, really matter. You know, you you go beyond that. You know, there's been all the reports of the training staff being, the, the player performance and care team being revamped, Aaron Nelson not being in charge anymore. And that, if it keeps players healthy, is a big thing. You would have heard me in the middle of the season, if you're an everydayer, talking about this, and I've done this on the radio too, where a lot of people around the league think some of his methods are a little bit outdated and he maybe doesn't have the same kind of 
Oh, street cred is the word, you know, that he used to. So revamping that and trying a different approach, can that keep Brandon Ingram healthy? Can that keep Zion Williamson healthy? Can that help guys during the season deal with their injuries? If it does, and this team gets significantly healthier than they did last season, they could be really good, especially when you add in the fact that they're going to have a better half-court offense because, look, it couldn't have gotten that much worse than what it was. Even if you didn't have, if you didn't have Zion for all that, that half court offense would have just last in the league and you only had him for 29 games or so. The other thing to factor in is they're doing other things too. They're making improvements and spending millions of dollars, as Gus Kattengill said on the show, to the practice facility. They're upgrading things. They're adding more stuff to it. Does all of that make a difference? And I think it, it, it has to. You know, it might not be the big name player, but those are the type of things that also can help you win games, that can give you a competitive advantage in areas where you might not have ones otherwise. That maybe at least get you on level footing with some other teams around the league. So revamping the coaching staff some, bringing people in, you know, getting new voices, and there's more to come with all of this. You know, they just hired another analytics guy. Can can that help the Pelicans? And the answer is most assuredly it can. What degree the, of a difference does it make? We don't know yet. But it's not like they're just completely standing pat and be like, nothing is changing. They took a look in a mirror and said, we got to make some changes. You know, sometimes you can't change the players just due to contracts and other things like that. And they're trying. You know, JV's on the block. Kyra Lewis Jr.'s on the block, too. But can you do it in other ways? And it seems like, and it's not seems like it is, they are. They are not running everything back. And that's worth keeping in mind when we look at how this team might be different next season. That offense, y'all, was not good. Like, not good. Bad design in the half court. And now you're going to maybe unleash that a little bit. With a team that has Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, who will be healthy, Trey Murphy, sorry, poised to take a leap there, Herb Jones being used more effectively, maybe Jonas Valanciunas being used more effectively too, this offense should be top five. Like, it just should be a top five offense in the league. With that type of talent there and the amount of different looks, the amount of different ball handlers you have, you know, they don't have one true point guard, but they have a bunch of kind of ball handler by committee, you know, a lot of half ball handlers, three quarter ball handlers out there. This, it it could be so good. There's no reason, unless you just want to be negative, think that it won't be if they are doing things differently. If they're not, then it's a different story, but you you don't make some of these moves if you're just going to do exactly everything the same. And so because of all that, because with guys on Team USA and being around all of that or other teams, I'm excited for next season. Like I am optimistic going into next season about what they are capable of doing. That could all go away due to injuries, but that's why you take a different approach to injuries than what you've done before. So they're not just running it back. It is, I do think, a pretty significant shakeup of how this franchise is approaching the season. And I think that's a good thing and something that definitely needed to happen. Another change that has happened, I do think, is Zion Williamson's mindset. I want to elaborate a little bit on that and answer a Twitter question that's going to be coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to y'all like this as we break down everything you want to know about the team and interact with y'all, taking your questions here on the show, turn them into segments. You got a question? Let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. A number of y'all seem to think that the Pelicans were actually trolling me with the Rudy Gay report. And that was a tongue-in-cheek joke. Some of y'all took that way too seriously. Just kind of funny. They don't need Rudy Gay. Listen to that episode yesterday if you haven't already. And become an everyday or if you want to support the channel. Or just listen, you know, like one extra day per week than what you maybe do already if you're not. So Zion Williamson is going to be key to what this franchise can do. If you want to win a title, he's got to be doing his thing, right? Playing. And I think there's a difference there. And this one comes from JC, Jeff underscore in underscore underscore Nola, Jeff in Nola on Twitter. And he says, you know, Zion's mindset, especially after, you know, a certain type of post he did and constant rumors, does he want to be here? Could he try the Ben Simmons mental health issue, quote unquote, approach to getting out of town? So a couple of things with this. I don't think there's any reason right now to believe that Zion Williamson does not want to be in New Orleans. You know, I do think some of that stuff has been overblown. I think there have just been issues with the franchise and people within the franchise, but not that he doesn't like like New Orleans or want to be in New Orleans. There's a difference there. He might just not like his current employer, but wish the situation was better here with the Pelicans. And they're trying to do those sorts of things right now. So I don't think there's too much to read into with that. He said all of the right things. Like he's done all of the right things. Like he really has. He's been around more this offseason than in the past. You know, he does seem a little more committed to being closer to the team than in the past. But let's see what happens when the Pelicans organize their offseason workouts later in the summer. That's going to maybe be the true test of all of that. Does he show up? Does he not? Does the team even do it or not? Is also kind of a question that they should be getting a bunch of the guys together. Maybe not everybody, but most of them. And he's never shown up to that before. But the fact is he went to summer league. He was around the team. He's doing all of the correct things. I, I like that. You know, sometimes having a child forces you to mature and grow up. And look, I'm childless. so I don't really know. But we've seen that from other players before. Just talking anecdotally to people. I think that's a thing. So I do think his head is in, you know, the correct place. Like, I don't know. I don't think we need to jump to these incredibly negative scenarios of, you know, could he try and force out due to this kind of like weird trick thing? And look, you know, Ben Simmons, I'm not going to joke about mental health issues or say that people are faking them because I don't feel that's the correct thing to do here. But I'll say this. I don't think Zion's going to do anything with that. You know, this is a guy that posts song lyrics all all the time, <laughs> all the time. And there's no way you're going to read into that or know what he's doing because we're not him and what he's thinking. Right. And you've got to look at his actions in everything as a whole and not just one little sliver of I guess it was Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy, really. So. I wouldn't look at any of that that's going to drive you crazy trying to decipher what players say on social media you remember the stuff with demarcus cousins from a number of years ago right like all of those things don't end up really meaning anything in terms of like predicting the future or understanding where a guy is or not so i think you've got to look more at the big picture 
he's been in New Orleans working out. He looks like he's in very good shape. He's saying all of the right things. He's doing all of the right things. I don't think you want to forget about that stuff just because you saw something on social media and it makes you freak out or start to wonder about hypothetical scenarios where nothing about that has ever really been a concern with him before. Has he been down before? Has he not been doing okay mentally before? Yeah, but it's never been like, oh, he's going to force his way out. You know, the criticism he gets, some of it's, a lot of it's, Incorrect and overdone, but a lot of it's also valid. Like a lot of the criticism he takes is completely valid and he's brought it on himself. But I do think he's starting to learn from all of that and starting to make the correct changes. Like I do think something, you know, a switch has gone off in his mind. Something has kind of changed with him and this view and the approach. We'll see for sure because it's the off season who really knows, but I feel confident about that. Like I do. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. Do you agree or disagree with that? Or do you think it's going to be kind of like the same old Zion, which has still been very good. So keep that in mind as well. Let me know what you think. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. I wanted to do a deep dive on some of the defense. Then this other stuff came up and I was reviewing some film, looking at some numbers. I want to go into that tomorrow because I, I ended up coming up with a really good show for that, that. I need a little bit more time on and I need to look at one or two more things before I kind of bring it to y'all. But I have some really good stuff on the defense with Jonas Valanciunas in particular, rim protection, the defensive scheme, all of those things that should help you kind of understand maybe their approach to this offseason and what they did last season, what they might do this coming year as well. So I'm excited about that show. Make sure you become an everydayer and listen to that one tomorrow. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all then.